Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tragic loss within a community can leave us reeling. Even when we don't directly know the individual, the impact of loss can be profound, leaving us grappling with a range of emotions we may not fully understand. In today's episode, we get honest about why tragic loss hits us so hard, even when we don't have a personal connection to the individual involved. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Jessica. Oh, this this I is know. different than normal. I want to go ahead and say that this was not supposed to be the topic for this week's episode. And this is actually going to be one of the first times we record and essentially release an episode simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So thank you, my friend, for letting us pivot. You're welcome. It's important. It is. So today's topic is heavy on my heart. Despite the clinical work that I do, for any new listeners, I specialize in sudden traumatic loss. So talking about grief. Grief and death and the tragedy that comes alongside it is not new to me, and yet it is, which is strange to say. And it always amazes me how hard news of a sudden and traumatic loss, how it hits me. Mm-hmm. You would think because of the work I do inside my office that I'd be desensitized to it, but I'm honestly far from it. Yeah. And I might even say that I feel it harder because of the work I do. Yeah. And I know we're going to get into this, but that makes so much more sense to me. Like this idea that we'd be desensitized, I think is something that is just a false notion because our own experience with loss or tragedy can really exacerbate how we feel when there's another loss. And so having your own experience, but also having all of these secondary traumatizations. So when you hear about something that's happened, I mean, you have a lot more than the average bear. And so I, I'm not surprised that tragedy hits you hard. Thank you for saying that. I think I needed to hear that. Aww. As a reminder for myself, mm-hmm. I will sit with, why is this hitting me so hard? Right. I hear these stories mm-hmm. and you just put it into words so nicely for my chaotic brain that's 
just been swirling. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I think you're experiencing what our listeners are probably experiencing, especially the listeners that we have that are local who have just experienced loss in the community. Anybody who is not in my community, I will give you a little insight into what is going on. Yesterday in my town, we experienced a very a very tragic loss of a very mm-hmm. young life. Mm-hmm. I will say a couple details about it, but also because of the work I do, I want to honor and respect the family. And also, it's not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a young life. I'm going to go ahead and tell people who are curious, no, it was not suicide. Mm-hmm. No, it was not drug related. It was a complete accident that truly should not have happened. And yeah. by That statement should not have happened. I want to be clear. That is not placing blame on anybody. I very firmly believe that young people should not die. Yeah. My brain is exploding right now. And I'm thinking, gosh, we should have this note somewhere further down. I'm just going to say it right now. I totally understand why you put that caveat out there. And the reason why is because a lot of times when we hear about something tragic happening, what we do is we want to other that loss. We want to provide a sense of comfort to ourselves that this will never happen to me. This will never happen. I will never be that mother who sent her child to school and does not have that child come home because I don't do A, B, or C, or she doesn't do X, Y, or Z, right? We we kind of like take these stories sometimes and we want to get all in the details and we discount some losses, not because we're evil, but because our brains want to keep us safe. And so this kind of loss doesn't lend itself to as much othering because when it is a surprise or when it is an accident, like this is the thing, guys, shit happens. People die. And we don't live with that on a day-to-day basis, but this is one of those instances where it's like, (gasps) and you're absolutely correct. Our brain wants to understand. And because logic tells us that a young life should not be lost. Right. So immediately people will go to wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. And I actually witnessed that all over social media yesterday. And I just to like put a pin in this, we suffered a tragic loss in my family that was, um, was a murder this last year. And I know as we were trying to understand what had happened, there were a lot of questions around that too. You know, how did this happen? And what did this person who was murdered do to contribute to that? And again, there was that othering that just at the end of the day, whether this had been death by suicide or this had been a a tragic loss, you know, like I just, they're all tragic losses, you know? They're all tragic losses. It, it doesn't matter, honestly. There really isn't any difference for the people, for the community around, except that in certain losses, other people can say, well, that will never happen to me. You are spot on. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How did the othering mm-hmm. impact your grief? It was awful. It was horrible. It's so complicated, the grief, because even I had questions. What happened? How did this happen? And I asked the same thing. Was this related to this group he was belonging in? And and I had to sit with all this inner conflict going, that doesn't matter at all. You know, beloved member of my family was taken from us. And that loss, it feels so other, you know, because it is like we we just, everybody knows someone who dies, but not everyone knows someone who was murdered. Honestly, it made me feel stained a little bit. It made me feel like I couldn't seek support. Like people wouldn't understand. It made me feel like I had to have an explanation, like I had to defend his character and mine. 
it was a really bonkers experience. It was, the truth is I wasn't even at the center of that storm, right? This was my cousin. So there were so many people, even in my family that were much, much closer to this story. And I still felt that way. Mm. It's a really painful and kind of ugly thing that can happen in the wake of a tragic loss. And I know that we'll get into that a little bit more, but just I just needed to sink into that for just a second, that regardless of the circumstances, I mean, the fact that you even feel like you have to say it wasn't right. A or B just shows some of the landscape around a tragic loss. And I just had to call it out. Had to call Thank it you. Out. One, it normalizes that regardless of who we are, the circumstances that surround us, tragic loss can hit us. And it also highlights that othering. Mm-hmm. If you hear nothing else from this episode, hear how it impacts the people who are grieving, who know the individual. Mm-hmm. Othering hurts them. It really does. And their pain is not any less because of the circumstances of the loss. Does it matter like if you're driving a car and someone else hits you or you hit a patch of black ice or you were texting and driving? That person's still gone. Exactly. And the pain of the people who loved that person is no less. And in fact, those people need to be surrounded with extra love and care because they already feel like anger, maybe sadness, blame, shame that someone who has like a clean you do not but you know what I'm saying no like more expected that you know it's coming or circle of life those kind it is night and day totally they are completely that is not apples to apples regardless of where we live and our circumstances we are touched by tragic loss and Mm -hmm. we can even go as far as to just talking about celebrity death Mm. And how I see that unfold, seeing people who will say, I have no idea why I am so devastated right now. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know this individual. Right. And I am devastated. Do you have one in mind? I have one in mind. I remember when Twitch, oh, that one hit me hard. I loved watching him I know. dance me and too. I loved his spirit and his energy and what he brought to this world. Twitch, Robin Williams, he was mm-hmm. another one. I think hit me really hard is the response of, I don't understand they had everything. Oh, I don't understand they were so happy and that one just kills me Mm -hmm. that there's this perception that just because somebody looks okay means they're okay. We know from the work that we do that that is not true. Oh, God, no. But there's just so much more going on in people's lives than what we know. You know what one hit me really hard? Princess Diana. Oh, you're going back. I'm going way back. That one hit me at an early age. We were young when this happened. And I, for some reason, I just remember not only thinking she was amazing and just being very taken in by her, like going through the divorce and sharing, being so vulnerable in the media. And those things made an impact on me as a kid. I think probably having my own family that gone through a divorce and just really seeing her as like a strong woman who had been through some shit, but she was really strong. And then like she was finally living. It seemed like she was doing a little bit better. And then her life was taken. And not only did I look at her in an admiring way, but I felt like my own mother had died. Mm. Yes. And again, like my knowledge of her was very peripheral, but that was just the vibe that I had towards her was just this woman who was strong in her vulnerability, who'd been through some shit, who I just admired but not someone even thought of on a weekly or monthly basis. But when she died and I was at that tender age where like my own mother dying, you know, it's like one of your 
fears, one of your primal fears, I felt like my own mother had died. And I remember thinking that. And I do also remember thinking at a young age, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? You are speaking to this whole complexities of grief, right? And why it is so complex and is not simple. And when it comes to celebrities or people in the light, we tend to see them, and especially when we're younger, as these immortal beings, right? We get glimpses into their life that you don't otherwise get. And then death happens and it truly destroys this illusion. Any death reminds us of our mortality. Yes, it does. Any of these times where a death happens and it happens in the collective, right? And we start to feel this collective grieving, which is a real and heartfelt emotional reaction to a loss that's not directly related to you. We not only feel connected to other people, like we're having a human experience, but we are reminded of the fact that we are mortal. And especially with a tragic or a sudden loss or a young loss. I mean, they're all, all losses are tragic, right? But a sudden loss, a young loss, something that came out of nowhere. It, it's not just that we're mortal. It's like, oh my, I am not guaranteed the long life I envision. I am not guaranteed my, I mean, I've been planning for my like retirement community days. Like I have my, I have my eye on that pool aerobics and And seeing my kids and my grandkids and their kids and all of the things I'm going to do. And then someone who they were so young or their life was taken, even if you don't think it, we go, holy shit, that's also possible in my life. Exactly. Or my kids' lives. Holy shit. This is empathy at its finest. Right. Last week, I put a reel on social media and it it essentially said, I really dislike that people say I can't imagine because I think it's bullshit. I think you actually can imagine and oftentimes we choose not to. And I had, you know, one person I think called me a smart ass, which... I don't understand why I'm, why I'm a smart ass for saying that, but whatever. I'm human. That impacts me. I'm like, that was not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice. And not also, necessary. that is not me being a smart ass, but whatever. I could be one. Anyways, this is exactly why I say that we as humans should say and can say, I can only imagine because I watched and am still watching my community imagine right, right now mm-hmm. what it is like for this family who woke up one day and in a mere second, their entire life changed. Oh, I have the chills. And that's why when I we were texting yesterday and you were saying like, I can't concentrate. I feel sick. I was like, girl, I know how that feels. We had a loss, not in my town, but close by and our neighbors were close to the family. So the neighbor texted me and said, oh my gosh, like we have to go to this funeral. Anyway, I got more information. And of course, I also wanted the details because I wanted to know how to keep my own family safe. Yep. And it was a freak accident, like a stunner where you're like, I couldn't even envision that happening. Like this was so like, what? It was like a lightning bolt out of the sky. Just that's the safest thing ever. How did this happen? Or like, how did medical attention then not save this child? Like it was like, oh, and there was something about the age of the child, the gender, right? Like he was about the same age and stage as my oldest child. And 
as parents, like we cannot walk around every day thinking about the fact that our children could be taken from us. We cannot. Mm -mm. We would not be able to survive. We have these glimpses at times. It starts when they're first born and you just feel that like, <gasps> if this child was taken from me, I don't know how I could survive. And But then we get to like walk along on our merry way. If you can't, by the way, if you're always thinking about your child maybe being taken from you, let's talk about counseling. But these moments are glimpses into our worst fears, not just my mortality, but the mortality of the people that I know and love. These tragedies impact us, not because we're self-centered, but because we're human and we can imagine. Because as humans, we want homeostasis, right? We mm -hmm. crave it. In a sudden loss, a tragic loss, throws that completely mm -hmm. out of whack and it disrupts everything right. and it makes the world a hell of a lot scarier as mm -hmm. if it isn't scary enough the closer this happens to home the more mm -hmm. real it becomes mm -hmm. it's that moment of this could happen to me the closer it happens to home or the bigger it is. Like we we did a whole episode on parenting in the age of school shootings and the Uvalde shooting took me down and I didn't even do the worst things we can do. We'll talk about that a little later. I wasn't watching the videos. I was mm -mm. trying not to marinate in that, but the horror of that was just, it made it hard to function. I actually think it's important that we mention some of the signs that you are experiencing trauma reaction. So if you feel like you have an inability to focus or you're procrastinating, if you just have a lack of energy or unhappiness, depression, if you're using substances more than normal, or you have panic attacks or anxiety, or you start withdrawing from others, or you have avoidance behaviors like, oh my God, I can't send my kids to school. Those are all signs that you're experiencing a, a traumatic reaction. Yes. Let me add the caveat with time though, right? Totally. So it is completely normal to have all of those immediately after, immediately following, even months after. It's pretty common what happens immediately following like the day after, right? I'm scared. I don't want my child out of my house today. I mm -hmm. want them near me. That is a normal thing. Honor it. Do what you need. Don't deny it. Right. Also, I went home yesterday and I gave my kids the biggest hug mm -hmm. and held them. Mm -hmm. And in my brain, all I could think of is somebody lost their child. Not only did somebody in my community lose their child, but then I also work with parents who have lost a child all day yesterday. When I held my kids, it was okay to say, I am grateful mm -hmm. that I have you here. And mm -hmm. I see people feel really guilty about that. Mm. It's okay. And in fact, parents I have worked with who have lost a child really don't like it when people feel guilty. It does them a disservice. It's right. like, no, no, no. You honor that. You be grateful. Right. You didn't lose your child today. It shows the seriousness of the loss. With that said, there is no right way to react to a collective trauma. No, there is no expectation that like you hear about a terrible thing happening and then you are hit with this wave. You might be and that's normal and it's right and it's good and we don't want to say what the hell is wrong with me that I'm experiencing this, but you also might not be and that is normal and it is right and it is good and it doesn't make you a sociopath. Like there's a lot of reasons why you might not be feeling that. And so if you're not, that's okay too. Because our brains can't always conceptualize 
something so profound. It can take a lot of time. Depending on what is going on in our own life, sometimes our brains will say, nope, Mm, not mm -hmm. going there today. Right. Then a week, a month later, it might hit you or it might hit your child. That is normal. Our brains will allow us to acknowledge it when we're ready. Yeah. And honestly, you might have your own shit going on. At that time, like you might be experiencing your own loss. You might be having your own stressors that are so high, or you might be needing to take care of a family member who's especially hit by a loss or is going through something. And it just might, there just might not be space. Even if you live in a community and you hear again about a loss that's really separate from you and you don't experience what we're talking about, that is okay. If you live in a community and you hear about a loss and you are connected, you don't have to feel a certain way, but you do have to just show a certain thing. I think. Oh yeah. You have to be a good human. Be a good human. I'm actually not worried about our listeners not being a good human. You know what I mean? I don't think they would listen to us if they weren't good humans. Right. (laughs) Right. Because they might know we have a lot of emotion and empathy for Mm -hmm. humanity. Yeah. And also judge harshly. Assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to throw that out there. That's true. You know, one thing yesterday that really hit me is that in two weeks, three weeks, a month, majority of people who are hurting right now are going to move on. Mm -hmm. And family and these close friends knowing Mm -hmm. their journey is going to be so long. Mm -hmm. And that is the pain that I feel the most is just knowing what's coming. And I want to just highlight that because the best advice I have ever given, well, that I think I've given to people who have somebody in their lives who have just lost somebody tragically and they say, Mm -hmm. what do I do? What do I do? Here's my advice. Show up in six months, in a year, in two years, exactly Like you are showing up for them today Mm -hmm. because I promise you in six months and a year, they are going to need your support just as much, if not more than they do today. Absolutely. And if that would not be appropriate based on your relationship, right? So I like, please don't send flowers to Kobe Bryant's wife. On no, the no, anniversary. no, yeah, don't do, do you know what I mean? No, like, no, you can feel this really hard for a few weeks because you're experiencing all of that, you know, we've talked about common humanity, your own mortality, your worst fears being triggered, maybe even your own experience being triggered. And that's one we didn't really touch on. If you've had a loss and you know what that feels like, you can be re-experiencing some of what happened. And if you think you should be showing up for that person because you've experienced a similar loss and feel like it's too much, that's okay. Yeah. Just because you experience something doesn't mean you have to support somebody else that's going through it. Right. We're not always ready to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you find that you are super overwhelmed, like Jess said, you're not ready to do that. Sometimes these additional losses can show us that like, I'm not as well as I thought I was. Especially around the time that there is a sudden loss, like I said, as women, as moms, we're probably taking care of a lot of other people. And so maybe you go, well, my experience of grieving is less intense than it was a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. I heard about someone else's loss and I am knocked on my ass. Okay, maybe you need some space now. Maybe this is your time to do some of that healing 
that you didn't get the space to do. So this might be a sign or a flag that like you need some attention. Maybe you didn't have any space. Maybe you're just in a new place where you can process it in a different way. There's no timeline for getting help for your grief. There's even though everyone expects that you'll be fine after like, I don't know, a little while. Which is like the biggest bullshit that ever existed. It makes me bonkers. There is no timeline. I will also say for parents who are processed the loss of a young life or a celebrity, right? Any of these, Mm -hmm. please don't say, don't worry, that will never happen to you. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, this won't happen to us. Please don't say that because it's simply not true. Right. We want to say that. We want to offer that reassurance. But when you see this happen, something tragic, our brains now know it is a possibility. Right. There could be a 0.001% chance, but it's a possibility. Telling somebody it won't happen, this is what happens. They stop talking about it. Yeah. We don't want them to stop talking about it. We want them to talk about it more. Right. You say that to your teenage kid and they're like, bullshit. I just learned that it can happen. What I now learned is that you can't handle it. Yes. Bingo. So I'm not going to talk to you about it. Right. And believe me, as a parent, there is nothing I want more than to reassure my children that something bad will not happen. Mm -hmm. But it's just not true. All we can do is sit with them. Which is hard. It's really hard. And say, I know how scary it is. And if you feel you don't feel equipped in that moment, you can get help for your kids. You can take them to counseling. If you don't feel equipped and you need help, you can go to counseling. There's a reason why people like us, a bunch of weirdos who (laughs) we are weirdos, who sink into this stuff for fun, like, or who have been through some shit, right? There's a reason why we exist to do what we do because the average person does not figure out how this works. I mean, God willing, you know, this isn't something you're prepared for. The only reason I do it is because of failed attempts to work through it Mm -hmm. on my own Mm -hmm. or working with people who had no freaking idea what they were doing, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm still figuring it out. And part of the work that I do in this space, in this traumatic loss space is walking alongside somebody saying, I don't have all the answers, but guess what? You're not alone. Yeah. We're going to walk through this together. I can't fix it. I can't make it better. But I can assure you, you don't have to be alone in it. We don't have to have the answers because there Mm -hmm. are none. Mm -mm. So before we close today's episode, let's just throw a couple, even though we're, I know, the irony of it, we're telling you what not to do, but we're telling you what not to do Mm -hmm. in this case. So just a couple little tips out there. I'm going to start with put your phones down. I had a couple people tell me this yesterday. I can't stop reading about it. Stop reading about it. It is not going to give you answers. It is not going to give you clarity. It is going to cause more distress. Yep. Stop. Stop doing that. Notice. I feel really stressed out. So then I start looking for new news articles. Yeah, your brain's trying to make sense of it. Is it going to make sense of it? No, it is not. Do not do that. Notice how bad you feel. You're going to feel worse after that. So we also just don't want to invalidate ourselves. You know, whatever your experience is, again, that question, what the hell is wrong with me? Hopefully you know now, nothing. Nothing is wrong with you. You are human experiencing a collective experience. 
So nothing is wrong with you. But we also don't want to center ourselves. And again, I don't actually worry that our listeners are going to do this, but we know that this does happen where there's a tragedy and you know about it peripherally. I hate to like use this stereotype, but you know, your mom who always calls and like puts herself with the center of the tragedy, you know, oh my gosh, so-and-so died and I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. And like, uh, I don't worry about that for our listeners, but I do know some of our listeners know some of those people. So centering yourself is not cool. No, it's not. It, you can experience any reaction, but it's not about you. And certainly don't center yourselves around the people who are actually at the center. If you find that the person who's closest to a tragedy has to care for you, you get your ass out of there and take yourself to therapy. That's not cool. So ooh, I'm Thank a you harsh for saying right that. now. No, no, no. I love that you said that because single-handedly, and I'm just going to speak to my own personal experience. That was one thing that caused so much pain is mm -hmm. having to support other people. That was horrible. Yeah. And so know that right now, if there is somebody around you that is grieving hard and you might be like me, where you might not directly know the person, mm -hmm. lean into your own feelings, mm -hmm. but don't make this about you. Please yeah. don't make it about you. Last thing I'm going to say, grief. There is this beautiful component to it that always gives me a little hope in humanity that when something tragic and really horrific happens, you watch people come together, this shared humanity, despite any differences. And despite pain and sorrow, you do see love, compassion, understanding. And I think sometimes in today's world, we need to honor that mm -hmm. and see that there really is a lot of good that exists among us. As we close this episode, we want to thank you for joining us in this vulnerable and really important conversation. Loss is a universal experience, and it's moments like these that remind us of the strength in our shared humanity. Remember, it's okay to feel deeply affected by events that may seem distant at first. Your emotions are valid, and it's important to give yourself the space to process them. As we move forward, let's continue to support each other, show compassion, and cherish the connections we have. Together, we can navigate the challenges of life with empathy and understanding. Thanks for joining us today on the Honest Women Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way, you'll never miss out on our honest conversation. We're all about spreading the love, so why not share the podcast with the amazing women in your life? You know, the ones who would appreciate knowing they are not alone. For more behind-the-scenes fun and updates, follow us on Instagram at Honest Women Podcast. We'd love to connect with you there. Got something to say? We are all ears. Drop us a line at hello at honestwomenpodcast.com or visit our website at www.honestwomenpodcast.com. Your feedback means the world to us.